This is Jamie Lee Ganey, and you are about to enjoy iGosian Airwaves. All right, we are back. iGosian Airwaves with another guest via the Zoom because of the virus, of course. This is Scott Partridge, the one and only Scotty P. He is a he's an iGo veteran. Uh, I Gosian through and through, went on trips with us in high school, served as a Jimmy, uh, led teams for us. Now he is, him and his wife, Rachel, they live and serve on the front lines. They are real live missionaries, as we like to say, Ems in Germany. And man, it's cool to, to, cool to hear these stories. This is I Gosian Airwaves, the stories. And Scott, Scotty P, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, we love having you. We love talking to alumni wherever they are, and especially when they're doing cool stuff like you guys are, leading the team with the uh, with the company there in Germany. And uh, man, I've got some questions for you, Scott. But the I think that you might know the questions that I sent you that I sent you and Rachel to prepare for. But I have some rapid fire questions before we get going that we need to we need to deal with first. Um, Question number one on the rapid fire section is what's your favorite Igo mascot and why? I am partial. Uh, like, am I allowed to kind of pick like a one A and one B or do I? Have okay. To yeah. I mean, it's a, we're, we're live recording this, so we yeah. might as well. Yeah. Um, I'm partial to the goat because that was the first year I did a trip with Igo, and I still remember the goat shirt. It was iconic. Um, it, it was the goat shirt for sure yeah. in every way you can use that word so yeah um and uh i'm also a fan of the buffalo because every time i think about it i think about the guy on a buffalo video <laughs> <laughs> those videos were fantastic yeah. he straight up got mauled by a cougar <laughs> yeah. yeah guy on buffalo that was that mascot year was fun just so we could show that video at base camp yeah. and Sometimes, sometimes that's how you pick mascots is you just, what else could we use? So that, yeah, that's a great answer. Um, great answer for sure. Uh, at what point on your trip to North Africa, did you and Rachel start dating? So truthfully, the, the, the question like cut off halfway through, there was like, I didn't get even, I didn't even get the whole question except like the last four words, but I think I know the gist of it based on those last four words. <laughs> At what point on your trip to North Africa did you and Rachel start dating? Did you the hear truth, it all that time? Yeah. So, okay. So the truth is we didn't like each other on that trip. Uh, we weren't, we weren't huge fans of each other. Um, looking back on it, I say that is solely because I was an immature 19 year old and <laughs> And that, that was the reason. Um, we, we started dating about four months, five months later. Yeah, that is, that is the story that I, I've heard the most often, even though there's always a raised eyebrow. Um, you were an immature 19-year-old. That's your, your admission. That wasn't me saying that for sure. And Rachel was on her fourth trip, I think, with Igo. So she was like 12 at the time. So that's, that's cool. That's cool. So y'all don't like each other at first, but the the uh, the rest is history, as they say, and it's a good one for sure. 
Um, what's the best fashion advice you ever got from Kent Davis, also oh. known as Kent Jones? Man. I mean, you can't go wrong when you decide to wear the same hoodie as someone else. Um, you cannot go and, wrong. And definitely, um, you know, it's the dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And so, <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's great. Wear a suit when the, uh, the office policy of, you know, is like a pretty relaxed dress code. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so the true story behind that was that Kent tricked you into wearing a suit. How? Like he told you. So it was, so I walked in the first day as a Jimmy wearing a suit because I had interviews for a scholarship from school that day. And I came straight from school. Mm -hmm. It was my senior year of high school. I came straight from school to uh, my first day working as Jimmy and uh, never had an opportunity to change or anything. And, uh, and yeah, and so then later that summer, Kent and I, we made an agreement that we were going to wear suits one day and I did it and he says he forgot. Yeah, um, he says he forgot. Yeah. Oh, uh, you and those suits, man. That was, that's a legendary Jimmy story and we love them. Um, it just makes, it just puts you up higher on our list of, of Jimmy. So it's a good thing, but that was great. That was great. Um, why, What's your excuse here, Scott, for why your kids don't like Tex-Mex? Um, I would say <laughs> the fact that at least for one of them, she's lived more than half of her life not in Texas. That's true. <laughs> and, the, and the part that was in Texas was when she couldn't even barely talk. And so, hmm. so okay. that sounds I feel fair. like that's, that's, that's the main reason. But next time we're in Texas, we will we'll rectify that. We'll yeah make sure they leave texas loving tex-mex we'll, we'll help with that too some quesadillas on the menu for sure and then maybe like i know that i know that we try we don't always come through with this but we try to send you igo shirts every now and then and maybe we need to put some queso in there or some some salsa or something um yeah we got some salsa in our last package that was sent to us and yeah. It was, it was really good. It really helped with our tacos because mm. the, the thing about German culture is they, they can't handle their spicy foods. They yeah. like, you throw some pepper on something and they're like, this is just too, it's too spicy. And, uh, <laughs> and so it, it's difficult to find, you, you got to find the international stores to get things that actually are spicy. So it's a little known fact that that's one of the reasons why we won the world wars because they can't handle the spicy <laughs> food over there is that true <laughs> i don't know <laughs> not sure about the history books but it has to be connected if you think about it yeah i mean <laughs> what's your what's your favorite food to eat in your city oh that's a good question um yeah i there you, you got to find the right places but you get some some dooner um mm. and it's yeah there, there's one place that i'm thinking of in particular it's actually called batman dooner <laughs> nice I, I don't know why it's called batman dooner but um <laughs> it it has the best tasting dooner um and that of all the places i've tried in the city it's it's the best 
I know we got people listening to this right now that are pretty upset at you because they miss they miss the good dooner. And yeah, that's a that's a great thing about going really anywhere in Germany or Western Europe is finding those places because man, it's good. It's really good. Well, uh, Scott, you guys live in Germany. You serve your team leaders with uh, the IMB, and um, we we love sending teams to you guys, and we're we're working on that. So, if you're listening right now, and you're a youth minister, church leader, and you're looking for a great partnership, like we would love to hook that up for you to go hang out with the Partridge family. And man, they know how to work with students. They know how to involve students in significant work. And so, please come and. Uh, holler at us and let's see when we can make that happen maybe as early as June 2022 so uh, yeah let's let's figure that out so we're doing this thing where we we let alumni tell their stories your IGO story we're talking about the long-term impact that God has been using IGO to make on a generation multiple generations now really for 20 years and the best way for us to explain the long-term impact is to let you guys tell your story so Let's let's uh, let's walk through that. Uh, the first way I think we can describe that is like what what's maybe something that happened on one of your IGO experiences? Maybe it was overseas or even Jimmy or whatever that uh, that you would say, man, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. This this was a big part of how God used IGO. Yeah, um, I, I think when I think about different trips, I did with IGO or different experiences, the one that sticks out the most um, was that summer that we were in North Africa and uh, me and the other guy on our team, uh, we got invited by some friends of ours to go <clears throat> out onto a, to like a, a, a beach resort about two hours outside the city we were in. And uh, we said, hey, that sounds great. And we'll spend the whole Saturday together with these guys. and. Um, I remember, first of all, getting confronted with some major cultural differences uh, because they were like, yeah, we'll come pick you up at like eight o'clock. And they picked us up about 1230. And so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know, I had to fight back some frustration um, in that of just like, you know, what's what's going on here? But it again, is just those reminders of like, uh, even just some of the training of like, it's not wrong. It's just different. Be right. round, be flexible and all these things. You're yeah. in their culture. They're not in yours. And so, um, but in, in the end, after uh, a, a long way and then feeling like I was literally going to die on the way there because the guy driving us was driving so crazy. And like, <laughs> it was like NASCAR or something on the highway. Um, we got out there. We had a great time. We played soccer. We, you know, we hung out in the ocean, we ate some food. And then when we were driving back, um, I was in one car, the other guy was in the other one. And um, I just had like the, the listening ear of three Muslim guys. Um, and I was able to just very clearly share the gospel with them, share some scripture with them. Um, and there, you know, there was some conversation, some discussion back and forth. Uh, but with one guy in particular, you could just tell he was really starting to think through it because he's like, the things I've been told about Christians all my life hmm. as a Muslim, it doesn't seem to line up with what this guy's saying. Yeah. And 
I was, and I would thought about it even later that night. And I was like, that's probably the first time these ever, these guys have ever actually heard the gospel for what it really is. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was just really cool that the Lord gave me the opportunity to be able to do that. Um, I still pray for those guys. Whenever I think about them, we write each other every now and then on Facebook. I mean, I wish I could say that, you know, they gave their life to the Lord that day and, you know, they're doing amazing things. Um, but a seed was planted and, um, and who knows what the Lord will do with that in the future. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's one, one story that, that really sticks out the most. Yeah, man. So many stories over the 20 years, so many moments like that where, oh, wow, I was obedient. And then God put me in the right place, right time, connected me, opened the door. And then he used me to share a conversation. He used me to plant seeds of the gospel. I mean, it's just cool because how old are you? you're immature, 19 year old at that time. Right. And then there, there you are on the front lines, sharing the gospel with some guys who probably never heard it before, may not even have ever been that close to a real Christian before. Right. And, and that's what God's doing. He's doing it with the generation. He's still doing that with you guys today as you live this out uh, on the field, just really, really cool. And you know, Scott, as well as anybody, because you've been around it so much in so many different ways that the, the, the difference or the secret for us is our teaching and our training that really just comes right out of the Bible. So how, how, did, your, how did that intersection of your life with I go teaching uh, impact you? How did, how did that uh, play out in your life? Maybe even then or maybe now or in between or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think the theological and the cultural training have been huge, you know, having those moments to say, you know, be, be round. Um, it's not wrong. It's just different. I even had one this week, uh, this past week of, I was, I was thinking about, uh, uh, a, a cultural kind of an anomaly, a cultural thing here in Germany. And I'm like, why do they do that? And, and it was like, well, that's just what they do. It's, yeah. <laughs> this is their culture and, and there, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And, um, you know, you, you, you try to fit in as best you can with that. And so, so that has definitely played a role. And then the, the theological, uh, teaching and training has always played a big role, um, to know, about the bottom line and know that, that everything it's ultimately about, it's about God's glory. Um, think about uh, the joy of the sower. So like that story of just planting that seed with those guys in North Africa, and then also stories like planting a seed with my neighbor who is, you know, really interested in, in uh, having spiritual conversations or even like, um, there's a, a guy that I'm discipling right now who has started sharing the gospel. So, so this guy, he just became a believer like in September. So less than a year now. Nice. Um, and he, he started sharing the gospel with a friend of his um, who's really trying to think through some stuff. And that guy's wrestling with what does it mean to follow Jesus? And so like that seed's being planted. And I can kind of pass this along because then it's like, um, you know, okay, this guy is sharing the gospel with someone, and then maybe that guy hears the gospel from me or from somebody else, and then he's like, okay, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, 
And, and then it's like, oh, well, yeah, you, you really could then see the joy of the sower because you invested the most amount of time in this guy, but you didn't get to see the, the final result of that. But that doesn't matter. Like you're still excited at, at what happened in this guy's life. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, um, th those things, I mean, joy of the sower just, just takes all the pressure off of you as well to just say, I just need to be obedient and, and sowing seeds. And then ultimately it's the Lord who brings the growth in that. So yeah, the teaching has played a role ever since, ever since I first heard it in 2007, um, yeah. it played a role in my life. I love that, man. And I love the fact that you've mentioned some of the things we do early on with cross-cultural stuff. How round can you get, you know, you're going into a round culture and you're square. So how, how, how can you soften those edges and fit in the, I, all things, to all people, right. And so we can win some, uh, it's not wrong. It's different. Those are some of those basic principles that we give those students that first time. But then I, I could hear you talking about your cultural intelligence has grown, you know, like through those experiences, through seeing it firsthand, through teaching, it all comes together. And now you have this high, high CQ, high cultural intelligence where you're living and adapting in another culture and figuring it out. That's just really cool. And to put the theology on top of that, which is kind of the base camp motto, right? Or model is let's give them the cross-cultural training and then let's give them the reasons, the biblical reasons for that. It's really cool to see that come together, Scott. Very, we love what you're doing. We're so proud of you guys. Um, and, we're, and we're not taking all the credit. We, we're a little sliver of that. And that's, that's really cool. But the long-term impact, short-term missions with a long-term impact, the long-term impact for you guys is very easy to see. It's very obvious. You live on the mission field, but like, is there some specific things that you could tell us about how God used IGO to create a long-term impact in your life? Uh, other than meeting my wife. That's uh, a pretty, that's a pretty long-term impact. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a long-term thing. Um, I would say one of the 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 biggest long term impacts um, is it, it kind of goes a little bit back to the teaching, but the the principle of, of hope of the world hmm. um, is is just so huge to know that the the church is God's uh, plan A, and there, there there's not a plan B to it, and so. I'm always looking in, in all of our, our ministries here. I'm always thinking through how does this help the church um, here in, in Germany? How does this help local churches? Um, okay, we want to start this new project. Um, how are we going to plug these people into a local church? Even more, how can, a, how can our local partners take this thing over and own it? Uh, wow. towards their thing and the local partners are running it and we can just kind of step back and say, no, look, they're, they're doing it now. Um, and so that's, um, that, that's always been something that has, has stuck with me. Um, you know, at, at some points uh, in people's lives, you know, just because we're all sinners, you, everyone's going to have some sort of issue at some point with, with a church or with somebody in a church. And just to know, you know what? God cared enough about that person to die for them and save them. Maybe I should show some humility as well. And, hmm. um, and, and just remember 
this is this is God's plan A for for reaching our community, for reaching this world. Um, so we need to to stick together and be patient with the church, warts and all. Yeah, and and we love how you guys are doing that. If you go work with Scott and Rachel in Germany, you're gonna you're gonna come alongside them on their mission work. But it's it's integrated with church. It's like it's it's a part of who they are and what they're doing. And uh, I know you guys were raised in good churches and you've had good church influence, but it's cool that we were able to come alongside and just kind of compliment some of that teaching and, and we get to see it play out. And bro, I know we could go a long time and talk about impact and stories and you could tell a lot of stories and we'd probably even get in trouble at some point with some of the stories. Um, it's been, a, it's been, it's been cool to watch you grow up. I'm so old. I can say that about grown men now to watch you grow up and do that and man if you're listening to this podcast right now and you don't have your own story to tell about God using you to share the gospel to make him famous with somebody never heard before check out our website get on one of our trips and let's go like uh, Scott's story is amazing it's because God has been using him and his obedience and so what's your story and maybe it's time for you to go get one we'd love to we'd love to do that and check that out Scott thanks for taking a little bit of time, whatever time it is there in Germany, to jump on our podcast and visit with us a little bit and share that that story with us. I like to bring in music at the end. You got a preference on that? You missing anything? You uh, really, oh. It's more genre. It's more style than I can't copyright and junk. I can't play artists, but I can play a style. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you can go with like, I mean, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm a huge metal fan. So metal, okay. I think that would bring a little bit of some flair to the that to will, that podcast. Yeah, I'll probably be finally speaking Sarah Arnett's music love language with some metal. So let, yeah, I'll have to work on that and see what we can do. And uh, you'll have to let me know later if you approve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scott. We appreciate yeah. visiting with you, man. It's been great. Thanks.